On behalf of the Snodgrass Family Circle, we want to welcome each one of you to this service of thanksgiving for the life of a much-loved individual, Mr. Clarence Snodgrass. We were shocked to receive the news on Tuesday of his sudden home call, and yet we rejoice that he could say with the Apostle Paul, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. On behalf of the members and friends of the congregation here in New Buildings, can I take this opportunity to express our deepest sympathy to Clarence's wife, Roberta, to his daughters, Lynette and Kathy along with their husbands, Ross and Warren. To his sons, Colin and James. To his sisters, Marjorie and Hazel. His brothers, Kenneth, Ivan, Ronnie, James and Raymond. And to the wider family circle. Your presence in the home and here this afternoon is greatly appreciated by the family, and everyone is invited to join them for refreshments in Glendermott Presbyterian Church Hall immediately after the committal in Glendermott Presbyterian Churchyard. Psalm 23, that pearl of Psalm says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me, In the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're turning to the opening hymn on our order of service. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear.
Please be seated. We're going to bow together, please, in prayer just at this point. Let us all pray. Eternal God, creator of the universe, we come to thee today through our Lord Jesus Christ, the only mediator between God and men. And we thank you today, O Lord, that we can call thee Father. And yet we do acknowledge that thou art holy and to be revered. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. We think of how our Savior addressed you as Holy Father. And so, Holy Father, we enter into your presence today by grace, because that's the only way we can enter. We come to you today through the one who bled and died in our place at Calvary. And Lord, we thank you that we can turn to you at this time of sadness, at this time of grief, And we thank you that your word reminds us, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee. Lord, this is a day of trouble for the family circle. And yet we pray that you would give them your peace. Thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. O Lord, come to this dear family today, and we pray that you would give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We pray in particular today for Roberta. We thank you, Lord, your word reminds us that thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Pray for Lynette and Colin, Kathy and James. Thank you, Lord, that you've said in your word that you're the helper of the fatherless. We pray for Marjorie. Kenneth, Ivan, Ronnie, James, Raymond, and Hazel. And then we think of the grandchildren, Rebecca, Reuben, and Lydia. And we pray, Lord, for the wider family circle. O Lord, we pray that much grace will be given to these sorrowing loved ones today. Lord, thou dost know the unwelcome news that they received on Tuesday. Thou dost know the terrible shock that it was, Lord. And you know, Father, that each one of us today are, are still trying to come to terms with the passing of our brother Clarence. And yet we thank you today, Lord, that we can lean on you and we can come to you in this day of trouble and receive strength and peace, not only for today, but for the days that lie ahead. Be with us in this service today, we pray. Undertake for us, Lord, help us to have ears to hear what you would say to us today. 
We pray, O Lord, that we will know the help of the Holy Spirit in every part of this service of thanksgiving today, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. At this point, we're going to ask Simon, Clarence's nephew, if he would come and read God's word to us, please. Thank you, Simon. We're reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, from verse 13 through to verse number 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Clarence was born on the 25th of June 1962 at Altonagelvin Hospital, the youngest of eight children born to parents Samuel and Hadessa. He had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home and attended Glen Dermot Presbyterian Church and Curry Free Sunday School. Clarence started Glenagurland Primary School in 1967 and afterwards Straban High School. Growing up, he wasn't very fond of his primary school days, making plenty of excuses so he didn't have to go. There were many times he liked to skip school with Erwin and Helena. For his first day of school, he got a new brown suit and tan shoes from McDonald's in Donamana. He came home from school with the new shoes ruined. He had scuffed the front of them. After he left school, Clarence trained with David Calhoun to be a joiner. But following the passing of his father in August 1987, he and brother Raymond took on the farm. Whilst farming, he also worked part-time with his brothers in the building trade before eventually farming full-time. In 1985, he married Roberta, and they were blessed with four children, Lynette, Colin, Kathy, and James. Clarence was a loving husband who always put his family first. In those days, farming was a part of everyday life, 
whether it was up on the hill working with peats or out in the hayfield, he was very practical around the house and able to put his hand to anything. If there was something that needed fixing, Clarence was the first one you went to. Sadly, he was diagnosed with MS in 2005, but he never let it hold him back. As soon as he was out of hospital, he was looking out to work on the farm again. He never complained and always had a smile on his face, even though he faced many challenges that nobody knew about. Clarence was saved in 1990 at a gospel mission in a little portable hall on the Dunalong Road in Macromason. It was conducted by Brian Spence of the Faith Mission, a work that has been dear to Clarence's heart ever since. He would often remind me to announce the rally in Donamana or Abrington. Clarence became a member of New, New Buildings Independent Methodist in 1998, working hard in the background and rendering faithful service for the past 25 years. He was a valued board member and treasurer during that time, and most, of all, and most important of all, he was a prayer warrior. He prayed for his family. He prayed for his church family. He prayed for his neighbors, often with tears in his eyes. In fact, folks, I would imagine that he prayed for many of you gathered here this afternoon. In spite of the MS, Clarence was a joyful man because he had the joy of God's salvation in his heart. He faithfully took Mrs. Henry to church every Sunday after the passing of her husband John. Faithfully, morning and evening, he would call for Mrs. Henry. He valued their friendship very much. He always said that he couldn't be late as he didn't want Mrs. Henry walking too far up the road to meet him. It was in 2011 that Clarence became a granda to Rebecca, followed by Reuben and Lydia. Reuben had the same interest in farming as his granda, and soon was his right-hand man. He would excitedly wait for granda to pass in the tractor knowing he would always stop for him. He was, Clarence was looking forward to the arrival of his fourth grandchild in August. Anybody that knew Clarence Snodgrass knew how much he loved to talk. If he, if he didn't know the person at the start of the conversation, he certainly knew them by the end of it. He would have been in his element, with all the family and friends gathered at the home these past few days. 
Clarence will be greatly missed by everyone. We're going to turn to the second hymn on the order of service. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar, for the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. Isn't it tremendous to know that Clarence is in that land that's fairer than day? We, we sorrow today, of course we do, we're only human, and we know that there are many broken hearts in this sanctuary today, but thank God we sorrow not as those who have no hope. We know that the hymn we are about to sing describes the place where Clarence Snodgrass is today. So thank God for the hope that we have. Let's stand together for this great hymn, please. here today, I know what he would say to me. Jonathan, 
don't talk about me. Talk about my Savior. And that's what I want to do for the last few minutes of this service of thanksgiving today. Let me leave a magnificent text of scripture with you this afternoon. It's found in John chapter 14 and verse 6. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In verse 5 of John 14, it was Thomas who asked the question to the Savior. So today, you know, I feel very thankful, I feel very grateful to Thomas, the disciple. Because if he hadn't asked the question in verse 5, then the Lord Jesus wouldn't have given us this wonderful statement in verse 6. Maybe you're in the service this afternoon and you've got, quest- you've got questions. I want to tell you today that the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest person for answering questions. Perhaps this afternoon you're asking the question, how can I be saved? How can I be saved? Perhaps this past few days you've heard that word saved mentioned. Perhaps today already you've heard that word mentioned. Saved. How can I be saved? That's a good question to ask. In fact, it's probably the best question that you could ever ask. How can I be saved? You do know that you need to be saved. Every person gathered in this service of thanksgiving today needs to be saved. It was John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, who said, All men need to be saved, all men can be saved, and all men can know that they're saved. And you can be saved from your sins today. And ultimately, my dear friend, saved from hell. Oh yes, that place does exist. It's not a figment of the imagination. It's not make-believe. It's not, we're not talking now by and by, pie in the sky. No, this is, this is reality. There is a hell. Do you know how I know that? It's because the Lord Jesus Christ says in the Bible that there is a hell. But he came into the world, blessed be his name, to save sinners from their sins and ultimately to save them from going to hell. And it was, as we have already said, it was in the year 1990 that that Clarence experienced God's saving grace. He was saved from his sins and uh, nobody had any doubt about it afterwards. You didn't have to wonder and question, was he really saved? It was the work of the Holy Spirit, and Clarence Snodgrass was genuinely converted and soundly saved. There, it wasn't a case of following up, it was a case of keeping up. That's the way it is, folks, when you're truly born again. And that's the way it was for Clarence Snodgrass. So perhaps you're asking that question today, how can I be saved like Clarence? Clarence? 
Jesus gives you the answer. I am the way. He is the way. He's the way to heaven. He's the way out of the mess that perhaps your life is currently in. wonder, have you ever been to the city of London? I would imagine quite a few of us have been. But I wonder, have you ever been to a place called Hampton Court? You see, in Hampton Court, there is a maze. And uh, for a few pounds, you can go into the maze, but it's very easy to get lost. And many, many people do. When they go into the maze, before very long, they're lost, completely lost. But, when, uh, but in the maze, there's a bell. In fact, a number of bells. And when you discover that you're lost, all you have to do is ring the bell. And there's a gentleman who works in the maze there in Hampton Court, and he'll come to your aid, and he'll lead you out of it. He'll show you the way out of the maze. Now, I wonder this afternoon, is there anyone in our service who has discovered that they're lost? I wonder, over these past few days, has the risen Lord Jesus Christ, by his Spirit, been talking to you and whispering to you and saying, you're lost and you need to be saved? I want to tell you today that the Lord Jesus is waiting to take you by the hand this afternoon to lead you out of the maze and out of the mess that your life is in. And as soon as you acknowledge that you're lost and you need a Savior, and you acknowledge that because of your sins, now that's important, it's your sins that have messed up your life, and you're prepared to acknowledge it, I want to tell you that Jesus is waiting to save you this afternoon. He was, uh, Clarence experienced his saving power in 1990 in that little portable hall, and he was never the same again. Oh yes, Jesus is the way. How can I be saved? Listen to the risen Christ this afternoon. I am the way. But then, here's another important question, and maybe you're asking this question this afternoon as well. How can I be sure? How can I be sure? You want to be sure of heaven. You want to be sure that when your life comes to an end, that you will be with Clarence, and more importantly, that you will be with Christ, which is far better. Because you do know, folks, that death is not the end. I've heard people say, death is the end, you just get thrown into a hole, it's all over. Good night, Irene. I want to tell you folks, it's not. Now listen to me carefully this afternoon. It's not the end. There's a hereafter. How could you believe that there's no hereafter? Sure, that means that Hitler has got away with his crimes. Stalin, Pol Pot, all the other dictators who murdered millions, they've got away. They've escaped justice. If there's no hell, if there's no eternity, if there's no punishment. 
What about the terrorists in our land during the Troubles who maimed and murdered innocent civilians? Ah, oh, but you say there's no afterlife, church. The grave's the end. Oh, that's very cruel. That's not very fair, is it? Oh, there has to be. I tell you, friends, this afternoon, there has to be more to it than just this life. I want to say today that God is a God of justice. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. He'll Very often, it's in eternity. There's a lot of people that they escape justice down here, but not in eternity. Oh, I tell you, friends, death is not the end. I want to tell you that there is a place called heaven and a place called hell. And the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to save you from hell and to bring you to heaven. He has achieved his objective as far as Clarence Snodgrass is concerned. He's safely home. And I know, folks, it's a beautiful day out there, and we've been sweltering in the heat we have now for a few weeks, maybe longer. But I want to tell you that Clarence still wouldn't come back. I want to tell you that he wouldn't swap with us. Because, you see, where he is, there is no need of the sun. He's in the land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. Clarence was sure of heaven, and you can be sure too. How can you be sure? Listen, again, the risen Christ speaks this afternoon. He says, I am the truth. He's the way, that's how you can be saved. He's the truth, that's how you can be sure. Here's one final question, perhaps you're thinking about this today. How can I be satisfied? How can I be satisfied? Wasn't that old Mick Jagger who used to sing the song, I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. I know why Mick Jagger couldn't get any satisfaction, because he was looking for it in the wrong place. You see, satisfaction is only found in a person. It's not found in a church, not found in a religion. It's found in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. The one who came into this world via the virgin... He lived a perfect life that you couldn't live and that I couldn't live. He went to the cross. He died a death that was different from every other death. He was dying for Clarence. He was dying for me. He was dying for every one of us. And then the third day up from the grave he arose. And he's alive forevermore. And that's why he's able to save today. Oh, he has power to save. Of that, there is no doubt. How can I be satisfied? That's a very good question, a very important question. You know, Clarence was satisfied. Oh, he had his problems, many problems, difficulties, sickness. 
He didn't have an easy life. But he was satisfied because he found Christ. And the hymn writer said, O Christ, in thee my soul hath found, and found in thee alone the peace, the joy I sought so long, the bliss till now unknown. Listen to the, the rest of the, the words. Now none but Christ can satisfy. None other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy. Lord Jesus found in thee. You see, satisfaction isn't found in the bottom of a bottle. You searching for it in the bottom of a bottle, you not find it. You're wasting your time. Satisfaction's not found in the vape. It's not found in the dope. It's not found in the phone. Boy, there's a lot of people in spend, that would spend all day and all night on the phone if you let them. All the social media of the day and whatever else. It's not where satisfaction's found, folks. It's found in him, the man at God's right hand. And you can be satisfied today, and you can be sure, and you can be saved. It was on the 15th of April 1912 that the RMS Titanic sank on her maiden voyage. We know all about the iceberg. We know all about the lifeboats, even the wreckage and the debris two miles under the ocean. But the chances are you haven't heard about the lists. The lists. No, I'm not talking about the first, second, and third class passenger lists. But the two lists that emerged when the Titanic went down. And as it turns out, they were the only two lists that really mattered. They appeared on two large boards just outside the Liverpool office of the White Star Line in the dark days following the disaster. Hundreds of relatives and friends waited to learn the fate of their loved ones. On one board printed in large letters were the words, Known to be lost. On the other board, the words in large letters, known to be saved. That sums it up, folks, doesn't it? When it comes to eternal matters, there are only two kinds of people in the world today. Those who are lost and those who are saved. But let me bring it a wee bit closer to home today. There are only two kinds of people in this service, the saved and the lost. We have no doubt in which group Clarence was. He was on the right list, we could say, among the saved. Make sure that you are on the right list. Two. In the words of our closing hymn, will you say, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Let's stand together for the singing of our final hymn, please.
Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we can be saved because Jesus Christ is the way. We thank you we can be sure because Jesus Christ is the truth. And we thank you that we can be satisfied because Jesus Christ is the life. O Lord, be with us now as we go to the graveside. Again, we pray that much strength and grace would be given to the family members. And we pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be our portion both this day and forevermore. Amen.